Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome into the Friday, September the 27th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's Mailbag Friday. We have a ton of questions to dive into. And Friday also means college football day here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We'll talk about the key games You should keep your eye on and we'll lock it up and touch on some Twitter beefs and get to the rest of the news around the Miami Dolphins. All of that and more. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. The number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at LockedOnFins. We'll follow you back and check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the entire Locked On Network. And for the injury report, let's throw it over to the Mad Dog. All right, Lots of DNPs on this list for the Chargers. They're Kickle, Michael Badgley, Travis Benjamin, Virgil Green, Casey Hayward, Hunter Henry, who's out, obviously, Mike Williams, and Mike Pouncey all did not practice on Thursday. Running back Justin Jackson was limited, and Michael Davis and Denzel Perriman on the report, but both were full participants. For your Miami Dolphins, no Alan Hearns, quite obviously. Jamal Wiltz probably won't play in the game either. James Crawford, he's been added to the injured reserve. Limited participants were Bobby McCain, an upgrade from Wednesday when he was a DNP. Jesse Davis was limited. So was Trent Harris, Rashad Jones, Albert Wilson, and then three guys were full participants in Josh Rosen, Chris Lamonts, and Charles Harris. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. I'd just like to make this perfectly clear off the top of this episode that I don't consider what Omar said to me on Twitter to be a big deal whatsoever, so please don't take it that way. I don't consider that to be an exchange of beef between the two of us. I'm sure he and I will still go out and get some beers in Miami when I'm back down there for the Jets and Bengals games. We're buddies. We're friends. He was very hospitable to me when I was down there. But sometimes you got to check your bros, and that clapback was just that. If you didn't see it, the exchange was talking about defensive tackle play. I've talked up Devon Godshaw and Christian Wilkins here a bit on the podcast, and Omar took exception to that and subtweeted me and said that you know who I'm talking to. The defensive tackles did not play well, and of course he used a video of John Jenkins getting beat up and Jerome Baker taking the wrong angle to his run fit on defense. Didn't even involve the two players I was talking about, and so I took it upon myself and actually made myself late to school today to go back over and track how how many yards were allowed when Devon Godshot was on the field because again he's the one that I was talking about and I was scouting his individual play when I mentioned that I said that he had a good game Christian Wilkins had some good reps and John Jenkins was pretty much atrocious and talked about how scouting doesn't have to come from the box score in fact if you do that you're really doing yourself a disservice and so I went back into the plays Godshot was on the field and for 23 rundowns PFF had it for 27, but it was actually 23. They allowed an average of 3.8 yards per carry on those 23 downs. So Devon Godshaw making almost a five-yard difference when he's on the field compared to everybody else. And then Omar referred to the first half stats after I said they unraveled in the second half. And you can point to those stats, but just know the context of it because the final drive of that first half 
Dallas ran the ball for 39 yards on three plays against Miami's 3-2-6 dime defense. Why were they in dime defense? Because there was only about 25 seconds left in the half after Kenyon Drake's fumble, and they were just playing out the string to get to halftime. Mind you, they were very successful at doing that and almost got themselves in position to kick a field goal, but obviously your stats need context, and that's what you need right there, knowing that Charles Harris is playing nose tackle and a bunch of linebackers and safeties are on the field. So just know that Devon Godshot, when he was out there, there was running plays of 3-1-2-3-1-2-2-2-1-0 and 2 yards. So several plays, Godshot made a big impact in that game. It doesn't just always go back to the box score to judge players. I think you guys know that, especially if you're fans of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Some quick news items for you guys here. The Dolphins were awarded interior offensive lineman, 22-year-old, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, Keaton Sutherland, not Kiefer, 24 hours, and sent linebacker James Crawford to the injured reserve. Other news around the league, a report has surfaced, and this comes from our buddy Kyle Krabs at the Dolphins Wire, and I believe he picked it up from Nick Corte. I hope I'm saying that right. He is one of these guys that projects the compensatory formula for overthecap.com. And he mentioned that the Dolphins could lose out on that third round draft pick from Jawan James because apparently playing time has to do with that. And Jawan James has a knee injury that could wind up keeping him out for more than six games, which could take that pick from a third round pick down to a fourth round pick. So essentially it would cost you about 40 spots in the draft if Jawan James does not get back out there. I don't love to hear that. It's not the end of the world, but still a little bit annoying. And other news, per a tweet from Joe Shab, the Dolphins have a 77.6% chance at the number one overall pick in the draft in April, an absurdly high favorite to obtain that pick. And this according to ESPN's Football Power Index. And on the topic of the draft, stay tuned to episodes next week here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We are going to be very draft and free agent centric on the bye week. I'll have the recap on Sunday night for you guys, as always, the aftermath on Tuesday, the film study on Wednesday. But then after that, we're going to turn things loose on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with free agent and draft talk going into 2020. But before we do that, there's a game to play on Sunday. And with that, the one thing we did not get to on the preview show yesterday, let's go ahead and lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Oh, and three on the lock so far this year, am I? Not good enough for you guys. I said that last week. We tried to fix it with an easy one on multiple sacks on Josh Rosen. Again, he took three, did not take five. So this week, I'm going to ask for a bounce back game from the Miami Dolphins' best player. He was a little bit embarrassed on Sunday by Amari Cooper. I am going to say that Xavier Howard punks Mike Williams in this game so much so that he gets his hands on a football that Phillip Rivers throws and challenges Howard to make a play on the football because that's what Rivers does and X gets his first pick of the year he gets an interception that is the lock of the week Xavier Howard first interception of 2019 as that's just what good cornerbacks do they don't blink when they get beat a short memory and on the topic of blinking let's talk about Blinkist With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. And speaking of the lock of the week, you guys have your own locks, right? You know what's going to happen on Sundays and Saturdays. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. 
game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, receivers and running backs racing for the end zone with no one in sight to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should play too. From teasers, parlays, individual fantasy point scoring, you can bet on just about anything you want over at mybookie.ag. Join now and mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKED ON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKED ON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I mean, if the 76ers can trust the process and Wiz Khalifa can trust the process, we sure as hell can here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. A game is about to break out in about 48 hours at Hard Rock Stadium. But again, we know that this year the games aren't really the main attraction for this team. And before we get into the mailbag here, the Locked On Dolphins mailbag, I have to come back to a topic I discussed a couple weeks ago about the kid next to me in my class that just rips ass all day long. It smells so bad in that room, and he has no shame. He's letting them cheeks flap all morning long, and I have to sit there and just get crop dusted for two and a half hours. That's my Tuesday and Thursday every single day, so I hope you guys are thinking about me and my nostrils as we get punished each and every Tuesday and Thursday. But the good part about Thursday is that it means the weekend's almost here, and it also means it's Mailbag Friday edition on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. As I put the call out on Twitter on Thursday for your questions, you guys send it this way. Let's go ahead and start here with TJ Brackeen. He's at TJ Brackeen on Twitter. Who is your NFL comparison to Tua Tungavailoa? I think Drew Brees is the easiest one because of the timing, anticipation, and the pre-snap evolution of what he sees and how it rotates after the snap. He talks about this himself and how he really takes his game to another level because of his film study and how he's kind of taking more checkdowns this year and being more in tune with staying on schedule rather than trying to take the deep shots because this guy can hit the deep ball as well as anybody and he has the most explosive receiving core in the country, but he's being more in tune with how the offense is structured. He's playing safer, playing smarter, and that should lead to fewer interceptions even though he has zero right now, but I think that through through the big games in the SEC and of course the playoffs, I think he'll cut the turnovers down in those areas because of that. So Drew Brees that way, There's a little bit of Russell Wilson in the thickness of his build and the way he gets off that spot immediately. He doesn't have the same athleticism and mobile scramble ability, but he can get off that spot quickly. So Drew Brees and a little bit of Russell Wilson in there. Next question from Patrick Mullen. He's at the Navarre One Gun. Is adaptability to NFL schemes and restrictions a factor in evaluating a quarterback for a fit when drafting? I mean, I think that you have to, everything you do when it comes to scouting is a projection. And that's why I tell you not to watch the box score because you have to look for a guy in isolation and figure out what he's doing within the structure of what he's being asked to do by the particular scheme, by the coach or the play call. 
So I think the answer in a nutshell is always yes. There's always an adaptability you have to kind of have when scouting these guys. But at the end of the day, just watch them. Can they play football? Do their traits translate? Is he doing things that make him the best athlete on the field? Or is he beating them with a cerebral aspect, the anticipation, timing, and on target? On time, on target. Those are the two principles by how you judge a quarterback. And even though the college game is different, you can still find it if you know what you're looking for on the college tape. Next one here from Anthony Meester. He's at Meester Tweets. What are your biggest pet peeves when it comes to driving? Motorists who don't use their signal or drivers that ride up and exit on the highway and merge last second causing traffic. What's your personal pet peeve? Well, that's a great question, Anthony, because I have about 10,000 of them when it comes to driving. My biggest one is cruising in the left lane when you can easily get over into the right lane so I can pass you because I drive an hour both ways to and from school every single day and I go 80 in the 70 and most folks don't do that, which is fine, but just get over in the right lane so I can pass you and it happens all the damn time. So just stay out of the way unless you're passing somebody, get over into the right lane. My biggest pet peeve by far. Next one here from Morgan Lewis. He's at Mo underscore Lou 20. Ideal offseason moves leading up to the draft are... I'm going to go ahead and put a pin in that one and come back to it next week. Next week's podcasts are going to be very, very 2020-centric, talking about new additions to the roster, both in free agency and the draft. So come back next week, Morgan, and I'll have more in-depth on that answer for you. Next question from Mr. Stubborn. He's at Abduarte underscore one. With the possibility of Drake leaving in free agency and Balaj not being on the roster next season, who does Miami look to as their number one running back next season? Is it worth a high round pick on someone like Travis Etienne or Jonathan Taylor? And I would also add uh, DeAndre Swift to that list as well for your top running backs. I think it is because if this team wants to be a physical run first type of team that utilizes play action, something I think Tua Tungavailoa would be fantastic at in getting you into the right run calls and the right looks up against different fronts you're going to see in today's NFL. I think it's definitely worth it because you can get that running back on the cheap for five or six years if you use that fifth year option and you use a franchise tag and you can kind of use them up. And a guy like Taylor who already has a lot of tread on the tires, just go ahead and chew him up and spit him out in six years. That'll be a guy you don't have to extend to a new contract. He'll probably go somewhere else. You turn him out for a third round compensatory pick when he signs a big deal elsewhere. Boom, you're good to go. And like Mike PS right here says, my boy Mike, uh, one of the hosts of the Fourth and Inches podcast, he's leading the charge on the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon. And I'm right there with him. That guy is very good. Great vision, scheme diverse, pass game, run game, pass protection. He has it all. So I would be all over that. He's a perfect fit in Miami, in my opinion. Next one here comes in from OrangeFin44. He is at jshu2313 on Twitter. What's your favorite Mike Leach rant? And that's actually a great question, but not for the reason you might think it is. I could tell you about his Battle Royale commentary about the mascots of the Pac-12, which is fantastic, by the way, or about his take on candy corn and how it's trash, which is also spot on. But I like it when he talks football because he's a damn genius when it comes to football. And the favorite one I think I had was when he talked about the difficulties of these little minuscule things that people really get hung up on in terms of scouting, like, oh, can he play under center? And Mike Leach has the greatest quote, if you can't teach a quarterback how to take a snap from under center, then you're probably not a very good coach and you shouldn't be doing it. I love that quote because Gardner Minshew took zero snaps under center last year at Washington State. In fact, I don't think we've had a quarterback under center since Leach got there. And Minshew, the first day at Senior Bowl practice, he showed up in the lobby and got together with one of the centers at the Senior Bowl 
and began working on quarterback center exchanges. So you can learn that, and I think it's great. He just has so many good knocks against people that have these really kind of warped ideas of what scouting is, and I love when he goes in on that kind of stuff. Next question from Leighton Stoffer at Stoffer underscore Leighton. Do you feel like this season is an inaccurate representation of the scheme and what we should see in long term due to the lack of talent at a lot of positions to fill what the scheme calls for? I think in some ways, especially with 21 personnel, which I know they want to run more, but I think Chandler Cox, this is kind of a good chance for him to get acclimated to the NFL lifestyle and the NFL scheme they want to run here. They do want to run more 21 personnel. They've trotted out that 03 personnel package, which is awesome with no backs, three tight ends and two receivers. I'm a big fan of that one. Defensively, I think you've seen a lot of what they want to do here with the single high free safety. There was a tweet from one of the sports science accounts. I forget the Twitter at on that one, but they mentioned that the Dolphins are playing more single high free safety with man coverage underneath than just about any other team in the league. I think it was third or fourth. That's a very Patriot scheme. You'll see that in New England. You'll see that in Detroit with Matt Patricia. So we're going to see a lot more of that. But I think offensively, the scoreboard has kind of changed what they want to do offensively. So in a way, Leighton, yes, but also we've seen plenty of what they are planning to do going forward as well. Next question from John Scala. He's at John Scala on Twitter. Nice and easy. If Tua decides to stay in school, who do you think the Dolphins would select with the assumed first pick? I'd probably go towards Jordan Love, but I really don't think Tua's going back to school. I am almost certain he comes out of college this year, but Jordan Love, I think, would be the next one in line. And the next one comes from Whiskey Hangover. He's at Diamond Dave 305 and he asked the exact same thing, Dave, so I'm going to go ahead and skip over that one. Next one here from Trey Scout. He is at uh, PFN Trey. If the Dolphins end up at one and two, could you see Chase Young in Miami? I do think you could see that, but ultimately, I think that pick that they get from the Steelers, which is going to probably be a top five pick. I talked about it on Twitter. I got refuted about that on Twitter, but I still strongly believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the way they can't pass the ball, they can't run the ball, they're way behind the times on defense in terms of the way they call schemes and stuff like that. I think that team is going to bottom out this year finish like four and 12 and be like the fifth pick in the draft. And because of that, if a team wants to come up from like 12 or 13, like let's say the Bengals or the Raiders or the Broncos happen to win four or five, six games, and they get themselves in a position where they have to come up from 12 and jump over the other two teams that didn't finish that well. I think Miami could really capitalize on that. And essentially you could take that pick and turn it into more than what you got for Laramie Tunzo, which is absolutely insane to think about, but it's totally possible because the point values of those top five or six picks are ridiculous in terms of how much greater they're worth than the picks that happen later, like in the teens and the 20s. Like first round picks are not created anywhere near equally. And if you get that top five pick, you can sell that for this year's one, next year's one, this year's two, next year's two, just a boatload of picks. And I think Miami will do that. But Chase Young is a hell of a prospect and I would take him on my team any day of the week. One more here. This one from Kirk Marks at Coco Marks Kirk. Do you really think they are going to lose all the games? I think we beat the Jets and the Bengals. Ironically, those are the two games I'm going to be at in the press box. So I kind of hope they play well, but I don't want to see him win because I think Tua is the savior of this franchise. So to me, it's all about whatever it takes to get him. And if that means going 0-16, then by God, I want that to happen because I'm sick of being 6-10 and 
or seven and nine and always settling on the next best quarterback opposed to getting the very best one. So I'm hoping they find a way to get that first pick, but if they can beat the Jets and that's it, that'd be great. I also think the Bengals are better than their 0-3 record right now, and I think they'll be fine heading late into the season. I think this Dolphins team is going to take on some injuries at some point. Every team does it, and when that happens, you're going to see how bad this team really is. I mean, they're bad, don't get me wrong. Getting blown out three straight weeks proves that, but you're going to see how actually bad this team is once injuries begin to pile up. I'm going to try to get to a few more of those, and if I don't, I'll get another live Twitter thread going this weekend, taking those questions live on the uh, old Twitter timeline. And if seeing my beautiful face on your Twitter live feed doesn't do it for you, then you guys got to check out BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it today for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We're talking about spending it all, not caring about how much it costs, and trusting the process because... The Dolphins got to trust the process. They got to spend it all next year on the free agent class. And they will, of course, do that. And one more reminder that next week's podcast will have some free agent and draft previews with the week off. So look forward to that. And before we get back into the third segment here, Eric Weddle on Twitter is a GD Hall of Famer. The way he owned Antonio Brown, who is my new least favorite person in the National Football League, or I guess formerly in the National Football League. Almost as good as your boy putting it to a fellow beat writer, which I did receive some very nice confirming texts from people that are, well, to be perfectly honest, far more important than Omar. So just picture that gif of the pimp getting out of his car. That was me yesterday on Thursday after that, especially after Eric Weddle's great tweet on Antonio Brown. And we'll see about coming back to the mailbag questions. But first, let's go ahead and get to College Football Friday and get you guys caught up on the games you got to be watching this weekend. Of course, we start in the college landscape looking at the quarterbacks. And I'm going to go ahead and add a couple of names to these lists every week. But a couple of those guys are off this week. So we start on Saturday, Alabama versus Ole Miss. That is at 3.30 on CBS. Utah State versus Colorado State and Jordan Love. That's late night, 10.30, CBS Sports Network. And UW versus USC. That one's on Fox at 3.30. So check out Tua Tungavailoa, Jordan Love, and Jacob Eason. We've got Joe Burrow and Jake Fromm and Justin Herbert all off this week. So we'll get a break on those guys. On Sunday, Texans versus Panthers, 1 o'clock on Fox. Saints versus Cowboys, 8.20 on NBC, Sunday Night Football. And the big one, the Steelers versus the Bengals at 8.15 on ESPN on Monday Night Football. Of course, all of those games affecting Miami's draft picks in 2020. 
And let's go ahead and make my six picks for the weekend. Last one was my worst of the year, two and four, the first losing week of the season. So I do apologize for that if you followed me. But this week, we're coming back strong. I've got three over-unders, my specialty. We're going to start off with an under on Arizona State and Cal, two teams that want to play defense, run the ball, control the clock. 42 points is tough in college football, but we're taking the under. Arizona State and Cal under 42. Texas Tech and Oklahoma, what a risky one this is. Under 70 points. Texas Tech plays better defense than folks think they do. They're a Big 12 team that's defensive-oriented. I hope they can stay tight with Oklahoma, at least for the first half, and maybe Oklahoma takes the break, the gas off in that second half, and we get like a 49-14 to 14 game or something like that. Michigan, after getting stomped last week, minus 28 against Rutgers. Rutgers is garbage. Michigan gets right. Take Michigan Wolverines, minus 28. Purdue's getting a point and a half from a bad Minnesota Gophers team. Take Purdue. We've got uh, UW, Washington, getting or giving 10 and a half points to USC and their freshman quarterback. I think Chris Peterson puts it to the freshman quarterback, and UW wins big. Ohio State and Nebraska, over 66 points. Neither of those defenses are any good, and Ohio State can score with anybody in the country, so take the over in that one. So 13 and 13 on the season. We've just got to get better in that regard. Hopefully that happens this week. Let's go ahead and jump back into the mailbag for a couple more questions. This one comes in from the Harrier. He's at the underscore Harrier on Twitter. Are you worried we'll sweep the Jets if Sam Darnold gets another childhood disease? Yeah, I mean, I think this Dolphins team with Luke Falk at the helm for the Jets could beat that Jets team. But I also believe that Adam Gaze is going to put all of his eggs in that basket the way he did against the Patriots when he was here. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think the mandate will say, don't beat this team. I mean, if it costs you the first overall pick, especially to the Jets, who would never trade it to you, I just think Miami might find a way to lay down in that game and just let Gaze have his druthers. Now, again, I just don't think this Dolphins team's good enough on an NFL level. The Jets still have Le'Veon Bell, CJ Mosley. You mentioned getting Sam Darnold back. They're just more talented than Miami. The reason I thought the Dolphins could compete with them back before the mass exodus of Laramie Tunzel and Minka Fitzpatrick and all those guys was because Adam Gaze is a horrible coach, as we all know, and that's playing out again in New York. But still, the talent discrepancy there is enough that I think the Jets can win both those games. So no, I don't really worry. Okay, let's do one more here. This one comes in from Gabby Klanicki. He's at GabbickL72 on Twitter. I butchered that. I apologize, Gabby. In your opinion, from the current roster, who is going to be on the 53-man roster in September 2020? Well, I can't tell you exactly who because that would be, we have 13 more games to figure that out. But I do have several building blocks like Xavier Howard. I think Jerome Baker, even though he's been really bad so far, is a building block. I still have Raekwon McMillan in that bunch, even though he's only playing about 25 snaps per game. I think Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw are building blocks. Preston Williams is one of those guys. I think Mike Gasicki will be here still. Maybe not quite a building block, but I think he'll be here. Jesse Davis and Michael Dieter are obvious picks for that one. Chandler Cox should be here as well. Uh, Jakeem Grant's going to be here long term, at least for a couple more years. Bobby McCain, we'll see about him. He has a chance to stick around. I think Stephen Parker and Johnson Batamosi in the secondary will be here long term. Jason Sanders, obviously not going anywhere anytime soon. Vince Beagle, I think, will be here. Sam Egwavon should have another chance, even though he's played really bad so far. I mean, all things told, there's not a lot of them, to be perfectly honest, but we have 13 games to figure out which guys are going to be fits. Look for things they do within the scheme to make them stick around here. Are they good man cover corner guys? Can they play two gap with heavy? 
heavy hands and really hold the point of attack on the defensive line. On the offensive line, are they road graders? Can they move guys off the ball in the running game? As running backs, can they pass protect? Can they catch the football? As receivers, can they get open early and separate off the line of scrimmage? Things that this staff wants you to do, that's the stuff we have to look for. And I think that is a great spot to end this week of podcast. Again, one more time, we're going to get into the free agent class and draft class next week on Locked On Dolphins. We'll break down some film. I have Wednesday off from school, so I'm going to be up in the lab all day next Wednesday. Look forward to that on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy college football. We'll have the quarterback scouting report up on LockedOnDolphins.com on Saturday for you guys, as always, as well as the Sunday recap podcast and article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. But if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the Locked On Dolphins podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on that Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday night for a game day recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. You can see it in my eyes, surprise, because I visualized it. Always knew I was the man, you just realized it. Don't need to detect the rock.